everyone always wants, oh, keep keep your politics out of my sports. Well, the sports uh-oh. are diving headfirst into the politics right now. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Memorial Day on Monday, we honor our war dead and those men and women in our armed forces who died in service to our country. It's about those who gave in the cliche but appropriate phrase, the ultimate sacrifice. Also a time, however, where we traditionally do focus on our living veterans and who we're caring for, how we're caring for them, or not caring for them in some cases. The Wisconsin Veterans Network is set up to do that. And this weekend, WTMJ's Libby Collins talks with the executive director, Quentin Hatfield, about a vet who didn't know where to turn in a crisis. Give us some examples of people that have come to you and said, okay, here's my situation, but nobody will help me. We have a single mom out in north central Wisconsin, and her power was being cut off. I asked my navigator, why didn't she come to us sooner? But it's hard for a veteran to ask. We worked with a utility company, talked with them about how can we avoid this shutoff. There's a minimum payment that was required in order to do that. And by the way, there's not time for a check to get in the mail. Uh, Quentin Hatfield talks with Libby Collins about how Wisconsin Veterans Network helps vets who fall between the cracks. That's Sunday at 11 a.m. on WTMJ Conversations. And to our local families who celebrate and honor the sacrifices of their loved ones, know our thoughts are with you. 612 on WTMJ. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The roller coaster season continued Thursday night in Milwaukee for the Brew Crew. After winning three of their last four, the Brewers failed to produce any runs and allowed Michael Conforto to go four for four, including this homer, as the Giants take down the Brew Crew by a final score of 5-0 to zero at American Family Field. And the opening pitch hit in the air in the right center. When this one comes down, it's going to be 2-0 San Francisco, and it is 2-0. Bob Euchre on the call right here on WTMJ. It wasn't all bad news for the Brewers. They, they did lose, but Julio Tehran, who they just signed to a $1.5 million deal this week, he got the start. And he was pretty effective on the mound as he struck out five and gave up only four hits and a walk over five innings of work. Thought he pitched wonderful. You know, he was on the edges all night, really. Um, not very few pitches, um, you know, in the middle, and did a, did a nice job. Did as you know as much as certainly we could ask for. Over to the NFL, where things in Green Bay could look different heading into 2023. But according to one former Packer great, the Magic Man Don Mikowski, despite the change at quarterback, there's plenty to be excited about for Jordan Love in Titletown. Obviously, I've seen him in preseason games. Haven't seen him in a couple of regular season games, and I think the kid's got plenty of talent. I understand he's he's a great kid. You know, he's he's very professional. Aaron even gave him high praises before he left. So he's got all the talent, and uh, he's got a young cast of players around him now. I think he's going to be set up for success, and I, I think he's going to be great. I think it's going to be fun for Packer fans to have a new start with uh, you know some fresh new faces. The Magic Man joined Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee on Thursday morning. The Packers wrapped up their first block of OTAs this week, and they will resume them again next week on May 30th. Lastly, over to the NBA as the Boston Celtics have new life in the Eastern Conference Finals after once being down three games to none. Boston dominated Miami in Boston on Thursday night by a final score of 110-97 to win their second game in a row. 
The series now shifts back to Miami for Game 6 on Saturday night, with the Heat leading three games to two. Coming up, our salute to service will honor a Waukesha police officer who may have saved countless lives by his actions. That's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. At 6.20 on Wisconsin's Morning News, it is Memorial Day weekend. Let me just share this text that we just got on the old National Bank talking text line this morning. Morning, Vince. It's been nine years since my father passed. He was a Marine veteran, and he passed right after deciding, along with his fellow buddies, to apply for his honor flight. I appreciate what the radio station does for all our veterans and our current service people. I wish a blessed Memorial Day. This means more to me than it ever has. Certainly appreciate that story and happy to hear yours. If you want to text them into the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. Special week continues here on WTMJ. We have Steve Scafidi's salute to service. Each day we're featuring another one of our local heroes. Now we're talking about people who are nurses, police officers, firefighters, perhaps other first responders who are, of course, heroes every day in what they do. But in some cases... They find a way to distinguish themselves in really special ways and in a potentially dangerous situation that involved an individual with a gun in a neighborhood right near a school. Waukesha police officer Brandon Ernst immediately notified his school administration, placed the school in a hold that allowed students to continue learning while that building was secured. And here's much more on his story. Hi, my name is Tom Shalmo. I'm the principal at Waukesha North High School. I am nominating Officer Brandon Ernst for the Salute to Service Award because Brandon is an integral part of the work we do at Waukesha North High School. During a recent safety concern, Brandon was front and center with all of our protocols. Kids came to him with a safety concern because they trust him and they know him. And we as an administrative team trust his judgment. He keeps us safe, but he also makes our school environment incredibly positive and welcoming. Start with breaking news at four Waukesha police arrested a 17 year old with a rifle near Waukesha North High School. Police say alert students called it in, pointing them to a teen in a backyard near Michigan and Green Meadow. This is Officer Brandon Ernst. I work for the City of Waukesha Police Department, currently employed as a patrol officer, but uh, my current assignment is school resource officer at Waukesha North High School. Been with the City of Waukesha for 11 years, and this is my second year as the school resource officer. You know, throughout my entire life, that identity of being a public servant or a first responder was certainly something that I always uh, looked up to and kind of aspired to. Um, and then just wanting to be there and help people, that's always been something that I looked forward to and wanted to try to accomplish myself. My wife is very proud of the job that I do, and my daughter's starting to kind of pick up being three years old. Um, you know, she's starting to tell me, you know, be safe every day when I when we give her the hugs and kisses goodbye. So that's new that she's kind of getting to that age where, you know, it's, you know, bye, daddy, be safe today happened during our second lunch. There's two different lunches within our school, depending on what grades get released at certain times. And I was alerted to our front atrium by some students who flagged down a staff member. Then at that point, there were uh, a group of students that were kind of rushing back into the school from the school parking lot. They were very alarmed and concerned. They had informed me that they had just seen um, somebody wearing like a mask and had what looked like a rifle just adjacent to the school. And police are crediting students with safeguarding the community this afternoon, saying it was the students that first saw the rifle, reported it to the school resource officer, who then called police. Uh, as soon as that uh, was discovered, I immediately went to my police car, uh, went you know, flying to the last known direction that it was described, ended up meeting with the patrol officers, and we uh, kind of took opposite sides, setting up a perimeter on the location, and then the rest of the patrol kind of did their thing, they're trained to do, and you know, enveloped the entire area, ended up surrounding that residence, and um, 
Um, thank God they ended up finding that individual he was, you know, hiding in a local residence area with the rifle, but thankfully no one no one was hurt. I could go on and on. Brandon is amazing. He's a, he's a model school resource officer. Like, yes, he's got the safety part the police send down, but like, he's just amazing. What does being a first responder, what does salute to service mean to you? Salute to service, specifically related to first responders, um, to me means really putting out that positive message that contrary to sometimes what is often shown on whether it's television or the internet or social media, it really puts the positive perspective. And I think what a lot of people truly get to see, but maybe just isn't in the headlines or promoted as often as maybe it should be, is that you know we're just regular people just like everybody else and we truly want to make a positive impact impact in the community, again, whether you're a firefighter, a police officer, a nurse, teacher, whatever it might be, um, we all have that same goal, and that's to, you know, be positive, contributing members to the community, and just try to make, you know, everyone's lives a little bit better. Steve Scafidi's Salute to Service, presented by Educators Credit Union and the Packing House Restaurant. We surely thank them for their support. Brandon Snide is uh, Steve's producer as well when he's done with his sports duties here, and help put that piece together. Um, so... <laughs> Officer Ernst's wife was in, in studio with you guys yesterday. She was. How'd she hold up? She was a little emotional. <laughs> yeah, she was Fine. a little emotional. I checked on her <laughs> during the break, asked her if she needed some tissue. Uh, you know, she you could tell, you could you could feel the passion, you could feel the enthusiasm she has for her husband and for the job that they do. Um, it, it goes to show you that, you know, there's officers on the streets and, and in the community, but you forget in the school, too, where things happen, unfortunately. And, and he was there to... Uh, to correct it and, and be there, and who knows how many lives he saved that day. Well, and I, you know, I know right now in Wisconsin, many school districts are debating mm -hmm. uh, school resource officers, and you, know, you have a number of districts that decided to go away from that model over the years. And I just know I've got a lot of family in education, and all of them will tell me that the relationship those school resource officers develop with the students, the things that they can see by being a part of that school environment. Here's a perfect example of that. Uh, are so valuable. And if this doesn't convince you of the value of SROs in your kids' schools, in your community's schools, I don't know what would because you're right, Brandon. I mean, what he saw and the relationship he had with those students that they had the trust to go to this person mm -hmm. and tell him this is what we saw. You know, we talk about it all the time. See something, say something, but you don't say something to just anybody. And what if they didn't? Right? What if they don't have that relationship? What if that SRO is not in that building? And the, and the principal for Waukesha North was in studio Tom Shelmo as well and, and and he said the students just gravitate towards Officer Ernst they ask him all kinds of questions about what should I do about this parking ticket what would you do in this situation <laughs> right. you know and, and, and he's Help just a, he's a resource like yeah he's a it's in the title SRO but he's a resource for you know real life stuff that these kids are going through and, and they're able to see a positive impact that a police officer can have on them Certainly grateful to him and to the Waukesha Police Department and for all the folks who contributed to that story. And if you loved that story, you want to hear it again, or maybe you want to share it with someone, text the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line to 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620 to the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Text the word HERO, and we will send you a link to that story. Oh, let's go fly a kite up to the highest height let's go fly a kite and send it so had to do it memorial day weekend at veterans park look up the skies on the lakefront will again be filled with kites these kites are going to be flying in unison sort of like the blue angels only with kites 
and to music. Well, not exactly like the Blue Angels. But <laughs> it's, uh, Scott Fisher from Gift of Wings. This is an annual event this year called the Family Kite Festival presented by Tri-State IKEA Stores. I talked with Scott about what's happening Saturday and Sunday at Veterans Park. Free to attend and open for your participation. We'll have, you know, five, six hundred kites in the air all at the same time. It'll just be spectacular. And the grand launch is where it's not us. The grand launch is where we're we invite the public to come out with their kites. And of course, if they don't have a kite, they can buy one from gift of wings and, and fly their own kites. And we want to just see how many kites we can get in the air all at the same time. And we do that to Mary Poppins. Let's go fly a kite. Perfect. Now you mentioned that people can buy kites, of course, Scott, but you also have an opportunity for a hundred kids to get a free kite as well. Right. The mad city windows and baths kid Kids Mad Dash. And what that is, is we're going to give away 100 free kites each day to the first 100 kids that sign up and participate to see who they who can get their kite the highest in 60 seconds. And they'll win a great prize. But Vince, I need somebody to help untangle lines after that event. Can I count on you? I am not available for that. <laughs> for that. Boy, I can't that imagine. Do, that was a big fast no. Did they do a couple of them get tangled up up there, Scott? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's one of those things. You've got a hundred kids and they're all running in the same direction, trying to get their kite up in the air. Yeah, there's a few casualties. Okay, well that's the that's the amateur hour. Now I know you bring in these professional teams that do performances as well. Who are you excited to see? Well. As always, the Chicago Fire Kite Team will be coming up from Chicago, and it's a five- to six-member team, and they fly their kites in unison, sort of like the Blue Angels, only with kites and to music. Both days, Saturday and Sunday, free. They get started at 10 a.m. with the grand launch at noon. Giftofwings.com if you want more information. Brandon Snide has sports coming up next at 645. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After a dominating series win this week against the Houston Astros, Milwaukee was back at it on Thursday night but failed to produce any offense as six San Francisco pitchers combined on a four-hitter and the Giants come to Milwaukee and beat the Brewers by a final score of 5-0. to zero. Julio Teran, who the Brewers just signed to a deal, Got the start, and he was pretty effective as he struck out five and only gave up four hits and a walk over five innings of work. The Brewers are back at it tonight against San Francisco. First pitch is set for 7-10. Freddie Peralta is slated to get the start. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. Over the past week, the state finals on the track concluded in California, where a female athlete is now missing out on advancing to the California Interscholastic Federation State Track and Field Championships. No big deal, right? It happens. You win some, you lose some. Here's the deal, though. It should not have happened. A transgender woman who was part of the women's race claimed second, which ultimately pushed this individual out of the race and a chance at gold, something 
she has trained her whole life to do. Look, I don't care where you stand on the political side of the transgender debate. I do my best to stay political free on this stuff, but as a father of three daughters, it frustrates me. And my take is rather simple on this. Do what you want with your life. Many have come before us to fight for that freedom, and honestly, it's none of my business. With that being said, though, transgender females should not be competing in female sports. And I don't think that is controversial, or at least it shouldn't be. The World Athletics in March of this year announced that transgender women who went through male puberty can no longer compete in women events at the international competitions. So we're doing it at the international level, but we're not doing it at the youth level. How does that make any sense? Look, we can support everyone involved while easily maintaining integrity in our youth sports. We should keep women in women's sports. Women, some of them, have been fighting their whole lives for rights for so many years. And in a flash, our society is deciding it's trying to take them away. And to me, that is not okay. It's frustrating and it should be frustrating to you as well. Coming up at 6.52 here on Wisconsin's Morning News, joined by ESPN Milwaukee's Gabe Neitzel, who's just about to launch his show at 7 o'clock here this morning. I want to get to some of the stuff with Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred being in town yesterday and what we're talking about, about the long-term future of the Brewers. But also because I know you're a golfer, Gabe, and we talked about it on this show, the amazing run of this guy who's a teaching professional. So this is one of these guys who, for a day job, teaches golf lessons to the likes of clowns like me. <laughs> for 50 bucks for a half hour or whatever it is to try to shave a stroke or two off your game. $150 for this guy. That's yeah. what he charges, $150 a lesson. I, I don't know if that's gone up since, uh, I mean, he's been a little busy, hasn't had yes. time to give any lessons ever since uh, he finished T15 at the PGA last weekend. But prior to that, it was $150 for an hour. Guy's name is Michael Block, right? He teaches at a, at a golf course in California. And uh, guys who do that have an opportunity to qualify for a couple of tournaments that the pros play. So these aren't guys who go out there and compete week in and week out, but he makes the PGA Championship, plays against the world's best, and has a dream run. Finishes tied for 15th, as Gabe says, and then because of that, gets a sponsor's exemption to this next tournament where he is today, and that's going on right now in North Texas, the Colonial, or it's at Colonial. It's It's at Colonial, the Charles Schwab Challenge, if you will. What do you think Michael Block shot well, in his first round on Thursday? I, I know what Michael Block uh, shot in did. his first round on Thursday. Uh, he, I believe he's in 120th place. He's, he's a little off the pace. That is dead last. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Block shot 81. He is 19 hey, off the pace. Yikes. That means a guy picked up a stroke every single hole on him <laughs> in his thing yesterday. And now he's leading the golf uh, tournament. It's it's tough to see, but it, it kind of gives you, again, appreciation of how good these professionals are that right. do it week in and week out. This guy, he's a really good player, but he's a teaching pro. And we, we've had guys here in the state of Wisconsin on On the Tee, the golf show I do on 94.5 ESPN. We talked with Eddie Teresa, who is the pro out at North Hills Country Club, who's played in the PGA five times. He shared a great story, WisconsinOnDemand.com. Listen to the story he shared from uh, his time at the PGA in 1998 when he was flanked by one Tiger Woods and one 
the, the guy who just won the previous major, because at this point it was still in the fall, uh, Marco Mira, the 1998 yeah. Open champion, was on one side. Tiger was on the other side on the range. Shares a pretty good story about that. And here's just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> right, who after here's... that is going back to teach <laughs> Vinny how to play golf, right? Well, we'll watch Michael Block today. By all by all measures, seems to be a pretty grounded guy, so he knows who he is. Yeah. He, right. he, I mean, again, right. he's, he's riding the way of the best he can. He knows the 15 minutes is coming up, but he's trying to enjoy it the best he can. So let's talk about the commissioner's visit here in Major League Baseball. I want you to take a listen here. He was asked a couple of absurd questions by this very large press gaggle, if you will. A couple of folks weren't really up on their stuff. One was under the assumption that he took some sort of tour of American Family Field to look at all the disrepair in the ballpark, which is not really the state of the ballpark he at was, the moment, nor the condition of the, this, this debate. Yeah, he would, well. Plus, he was—he's just taking tours of every ballpark, <laughs> right. and like he's just going around he's going to watch around. baseball. So uh, here he was asked about that. Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Baseball, yesterday here in Milwaukee. I actually was in one room for the player meeting, so I have him. <laughs> How did it look? Really around. Did you catch a little something in there? A little follow-up, a little good follow-up there? <laughs> said, I was in one room, and some guy gets loose and asks him, well, yeah, how'd that look? Pretty good? <laughs> that was me. Hey, come on. Great follow-up. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. <laughs> pretty how'd good. that room look? Pretty good? We doing all right? We, we good? Uh, good so, commission. I thought it was interesting because I was at this thing. It was about 12 minutes of questions back and forth with the baseball commissioner. And the headline in today's Milwaukee Journal Sentinel was something on a fix American family field or else was the message from the commissioner. And that's not at all the the tone or the tenor of the conversation that, that I was at. This whole thing is... And I, I don't know what exactly. I mean, again, he's taking tours of every ballpark. He's like yeah. going around to every ballpark in Major League Baseball, taking in a game, doing commissioner things. And the Brewers just happen to be in this fight where they're trying to get some public money and they want to get some of the surplus money. So it seems like there's more of an urgency than there actually is because the ballpark's in great shape. I've been out there a bunch of times this year already. Yep. They've done really good things in terms of maintaining it to the point where when you say AmFam Field is already 20-plus years old, everyone goes, what? Whoa. Right. I guess that's right. But they've done such a good job of upkeeping it, but in order to keep maintain that over the next, you know, I think the lease goes, what, through 2030, but it's got a couple of extensions, can yes. go all the way up to 2040. So we're talking about 17 years before the Brewers can go anywhere. I, I don't think there's – the only urgency in this is that there's a surplus in Madison, and the Brewers want a piece of the surplus. Like, it, and and the this is the part bucket where – full of cash. It, and this is where it becomes complicated, <laughs> yeah. Vinny, because everyone always wants, oh, keep keep your politics out of my sports. Well. The sports Uh-oh. are diving headfirst into the politics right now because you had Evers <laughs> who said he was going to give them, and then the, the legislature's like, well, not so fast, my friend. We don't know if we want to do that. So now you have the back and forth, so now the brewer's brass has to dive into the politics of the thing, and that's how you end up with the commissioner here. Here's on something completely unrelated, and people are now throwing Rob Manfred in the middle of this brewer's legislature governor thing. We've got a lot more on that and comments from the commissioner coming up at 8 o'clock here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Gabe Neitzel, our partner at ESPN Milwaukee. Good to see you, my friend. Always a pleasure to be here on Fridays, boys. All right, keep it under 81 today. 5657. No promises. Business headlines are up next with the Milwaukee Business Journal, Sean Ryan. Nate Zimmerman is moving the Milwaukee custom knife-making business he created in 2012 to a new location. His Zim Knives is relocating to a former auto shop at 44th and North Avenue. 
Masterlock will close its Milwaukee manufacturing plants, moving those operations to other sites in North America and to external suppliers. A union representing 330 employees at the plant said they will be laid off. Mount Pleasant sells 315 acres to Microsoft for a planned $1 billion data center development. The $50 million in sale proceeds will be passed along to Foxconn, which gave the village $60 million in 2017 to acquire thousands of acres and create a business park. This is Sean Ryan with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.